Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Sever the Plot Thread, the podcast where we learn about writing and interview really cool creators. I'm Callum Quinn. I make the webcomic Siblings of Steel and run the YouTube channel Callum Quinn Creates. And uh, with me today is a very special guest, Callum Stephen uh, Diggle, who creates the web, uh, the comic Humanity Lost. Really cool comic. That's me. How's it going? Oh, it's uh, it's going good. Thank you. And uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, kind of tired. Not gonna lie. Just been doing a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff around the house, and we just moved into a new. Uh, I guess I'll tell it again because we just mm-hmm. spoke through it before the recording. But yeah. yeah, just got my first house, which is a huge thing. I didn't think I was ever gonna own a house. I thought I was gonna rent for the rest of my life. But um, yeah, we've got a house in the country and just been trying to get everything in order we managed to get the house for a good price because it was an old people's house before us and it needs a bit of work doing but we're up for doing a bit of work and you know it's not it's not easy for people our age to get home you know it's pretty hard but uh this is the only way we we can manage to do it so it's been um associating and meeting all the neighbors and they've been showing me around and uh, getting to know them. So yeah, on top of that, working on the book. So I'm kind of tired. And it's a little bit late here in England, but yeah, I'm doing all right. Doing pretty good. Well, that's really good to hear. That's really exciting. Congrats on the house. So this episode, you just have such like an amazing world in Humanity Lost. Like the, the creature designs and the lore is so interesting. I kind of wanted to focus on just how you develop such an interesting and unique world, but I think we should start uh, for our new viewers. What is Humanity Lost? All right, where to, where to start? Um, Humanity Lost is a whole universe, really. It takes place in the fairly distant future after a calamitous war with a multi-species empire called the conglomerate and unfortunately our species didn't favor too well in this conflict and we came out well we didn't come out the other side of it we created a ai to assist us in the war and unfortunately we were enslaved by it and we became puppets on this ai called the all mother's strings and she manipulated us into the very weapons of war that she is going to use to fight back the conglomerates and fight back the, the conglomerate she did but humanity was lost there you go there's there's the tagline and so in the distant future we follow the story the story of the last unaltered human as he travels through the galaxy encountering all of its perils and i'll leave it there and you can just read the book if you want to know how that goes and you know there's plenty of twists and turns so that's a fair introduction. Yeah, that's a good introduction. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It is it is really cool and exciting and interesting and a lot of other adjectives too. So, all right. So what were some of your inspirations for this story? I think, well, there's a, a huge community online called the Speculative Evolution Community. And there's lots of contributors to that. But when I was a boy... There weren't too many. There was Wayne Douglas Barlow, who I'm sure you're aware of. 
but for the viewers, he created Alien Planet, the book series called, um, that's not a series, it's a sing single entry called um, Expedition. Actually, I've got a copy over here. Actually, it's uh, this one. And it's kind of a book chronicling this uh, exploratory vessel's journeys around a planet called Darwin 4. And it's filled with loads of lovely illustrations, some painted, some sketched, some pencil drawn. And as a young lad reading this, very, very inspiring stuff. And so I wanted to do something in the same vein. And then there was another show that came out in the 2010s uh, called Extraterrestrials. Have you ever seen it? I don't think so. You haven't? Okay, well, watch it. You'll like it. If you like the aliens and humanity loss, you'll like this. I think there's only actually like two or three episodes, but they're really good. There's one called Blue Moon. If you just search Extraterrestrials Blue Moon on YouTube, you might find something. I don't know if it's on there. It probably is. You can find anything on there these days. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. It's very cool. Uh, so there was that. And then obviously like other things like Halo, you know, the Halo game series. Yeah. Great. Loved the books as a kid. I used to read them all the time. Full, uh, cool, full of reach. I can't even remember now, but the first one, I used to read that over and over as a kid. And just the most awesome stuff as a, as a young boy. So that was a big one. Um, Probably most, most of the same influences as other people, really, like Star Trek, Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of wanted to do something different with the speculative evolution genre, because a lot of those things, a lot of the books and the series and the universes that people are building in that genre are like exploratory things, like documenting the wildlife of the planet and stuff like that. And I, I love that stuff. But I kind of wanted to tell like a action adventure story in that kind of uh, genre and i don't know if i've drifted too far away from it because i'm kind of telling my own thing now but yeah that was kind of my starting influences and where humanity loss kind of comes from it's you know its origins yeah that's really cool and uh, yeah i i think i heard about the uh the, the book you mentioned expedition uh, from the same place I heard about Humanity Lost, which was uh, the channel Curious Archive. Yeah, great channel. Yeah, really, channel. really enjoyable videos and stuff. And I'll, I'll put a link to that and to the book for everyone who wants to check that out in the description. I'll try to link all the relevant media that we discuss, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's really cool. And then, so how do you plan out the story is what I want to ask next. Like, First of all, what software do you use? I like to get into the nitty gritty on this uh, podcast. What, like, what kind of software do you use, and how do you format the outline? Well, so I usually use a uh, like a, a notepad and a pen and pencil. Um, oh, uh, but, nice. Yeah, yeah, but I also um, you know notes, you know the notes app that comes on your iPad or iPhone. I use that to write down little bits and bobs and just use the search tool on there to find my specific ramblings that are relevant to whatever page I'm working on. <laughs> Usually I'll number them, I'll like mention what page I'm talking about or what issue, and I'll use like keywords so I can find, because I have endless notes on little scenes. Sometimes I like wake up at night and I'm like, oh, I've got, got, got a scene on my mind. <laughs> write it down as quick as I can. And a lot of it's, uh, all of it's rubbish, but some of it's all right you know and the good stuff sticks so or at least I, I like to think so so yeah I, I just use notes and then 
when I have specific ideas for compositions and perhaps moments in scenes, I'll just sketch them down really like haphazardly in a notebook and then take a screen grab of that. And then I'll just save it in my camera roll and then position it on pages in Procreate. Uh, you, you know, Procreate? Oh, yeah. That that's, yeah, that's, that's a great. Yeah, I do all my art in that. You do, yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great program. So yeah, that's kind of my process, really. It's not professional, not very organized, but, you know, it is what it is and it works for me. So, that, yeah. That is the beautiful thing about web comics is, you know, if it works for you, if it allows you to tell the story you want to tell, then you can do that. You know, you can just do whatever process. Yeah. And that's the great thing about comic books as a medium is that it could just be like one guy or girl on her own or his own. And you just kind of, there's no restriction of like budget. Like you don't, you don't have like a, you don't have like massive departments working on CGI or anything like that. You know, you can just go for it. And the only limitation is your imagination and your time and your skill, you know, it's, it's great. And it's a very liberating medium because other than writing, you know, like writing books, I don't, I don't see anything comparable that you can actually do this with. It's kind of unique in that respect, especially because it's a visual medium as well. It's, it has that extra element to it, which you know, literature doesn't on its, on its own, unless you're writing a book with pictures in it. Then, yeah. like, then you're kind of approaching, you're encroaching on comic book territory. And all of the same things stand. So, yeah. On that note, have you ever had a scene or something you had to draw for Can't Humanity Lost where you were just like, oh no, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> oh, so many, so many. Uh, there was one where I had this idea, you know, in issue six, when, spo spoilers for people, but Deicide is playing those two thought lords. Do you remember that? What is he doing? He's planning. He's fighting um, two of those thought lords, you know, the ones that are like sarcophagi yes yes i do yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the fight scene i had this idea where they were going to fire this laser beam down at him and it was going to refract off his shield and cut down all of the trees around him and i had it in my my head i was like wow that'd be so cool that'd be an awesome scene you know all these trees and then i had this idea that the panel was going to be framed by the trees being cut in half and kind of mid-air like this epic action scene i was like yeah that'd be great i like didn't even think about how i was going to draw it. it's like i got to the page and it's like wow how the heck am i going to plan this out it, it turned out like organizing all of these objects on a page on different planes trying to picture them in a, as a moment in time it was, it was a whole lot of work and mm -hmm. drawing all, all of those branches you know like trees are so hard to draw yeah so i kind of found a workaround i i chose like a very like a, the light wasn't casting its light on all of the trees some of them were just silhouetted so I, I managed to kind of get around not drawing every single branch in the forest that way but yeah you need to come up with ideas like that to shortcut the artwork because it's very easy to get carried away especially if you're working in a digital medium where you can zoom in and add all that detail that's where you kind of need to like put limits on it you need yeah. to say you're not zooming in any more than what you would be able to do with your eyes as close, you know, to a page. So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it just it. feels it just feels like so good when you can, you know, you know, put something in silhouette or you know, find a way that it looks good, but you can save some time. You're like, oh, is this legal? Yeah. Can I get in trouble for this? Oh, 
I mean, Same with speed line. So. <laughs> yeah. Speed line, five seven. But uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Definitely to get carried away with that too much, though. And the same with backgrounds. Like I always try to include some kind of background, but it's very easy to just say, "Oh, it's a blank wall," mm -hmm. and just a little bit of a gradient behind, and just like call it a day, whatever. But I get, I feel guilty about that. Do you ever feel guilty when you're doing that? Yes, I feel like worried that people are going to like somehow catch on that I'm not a real artist. No, oh, yeah, but I'm like. Look, this is, you know, it'll, I guess I, I try to look at it like, I'm going to just tell this story. And if, you know, cutting a corner here or there means I can tell it in three years instead of 10, I'm going to do that. And it'll still look pretty good. But. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I'm reading Berserk at the moment. Have you read that? No, I haven't. I, I don't really get into like R-rated or magic stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fair enough. Well, I've just been really getting into it because if... Um... Kento Miura's art like mm -hmm. some of the panels are just ludicrous like the amount of detail he puts in I don't know what they do to artists over in Japan I mean aside from not <laughs> but you know yeah yeah very true I mean this guy's been working on it for like 30 years or something like that I think I mean he's, he's passed away now so rest oh, in peace but, yeah his uh artwork is just phenomenal the early stuff it's obviously a, a lot rougher but I like that you know I like seeing that unfinished kind of raw energy in the artwork. And if you read the first issue of Berserk, it's just like, yeah, it's kind of edgy and angsty or whatever, but the energy is really there in the art, in the line, and you can see it in the marks that he's laying down. And it's just really inspiring. You know, once you read something like that, it makes you want to, makes you want to get back to the drawing board and yeah. go out. You know. It's also encouraging to see, you know, early art, right? Versus like, you know, art that they've, after they've been doing it for like 30 years. For sure. For sure. And anyone who reads Humanity Lost will see the first issue and be like, wow, this is really not there yet. It wasn't, especially those first few pages. But you can literally see as you're reading through volume one of Humanity Lost, me getting more and more confident with the craft and kind of, there are like, moments in issues where it'll be like two or three pages and i'll just like completely evolve like i'll just like learn it's like when you go from not doing art very much at all like doing it part-time to doing it like literally professionally like as your job the amount of time that you can put into your art will just level you up so quickly you'll just you just see it like come leaps and bounds as you go and it's a really good feeling of just incremental improvement as you go and um i'm sure you've you've probably felt that when you're working on siblings of steel as you go from issue to issue you look back and you see the differences between the last issue and the current one and uh sorry if i'm rounding a bit much <laughs> no i i think uh, most people are here to hear what you have to say you know <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah. probably not the best time but we're going to fit it in somehow time term differences and all but I'm spinning yeah. the house and the wedding and everything. I really it's appreciate like, you, you know, taking the time to come on. No, dude, of course. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you support me on Patreon, and that's like massively grateful for that. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah, um, all my Patreon. Love you guys. Thank you. How did you get into drawing? You touched a bit on the expedition book. Yeah. Well, my dad, he's a graphics designer, so he doesn't do much drawing anymore, but he used to be really into drawing. And um, he used to sit with me as I was like a young boy. And 
he just used to really like drawing vehicles. He used to like draw like aircraft carriers and fighter jets and stuff like that. And he was really good. And I remember him always trying to teach me techniques. Like he always used to teach me, always used to try to teach me perspective and things like that. And I was just like a young kid and I was like starting drawing every drawing of like the eye of a character. Or I used to draw like dragons all the time. So I'd like just start by drawing like the wing of a dragon and then mm -hmm. figure the rest as I went. And um, that's just not how you draw, you know? But I wouldn't listen because I was a stubborn kid. So, but eventually I did listen. And I took on board his expertise because, yeah, he's a good artist. And he, he should draw more, but he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was pretty blessed to have a, a dad that would sit, sit and draw with me because that got me into it. I never actually studied at any kind of um, academic level. Like, I, I didn't study it in college or anything. Well, I, didn't go to, I, didn't go to, I didn't go to university at all, so I didn't study it there. I actually studied um, like orienteering and public services and law and stuff like that because um, I thought I wanted to go into that kind of thing. But and then then after I left education, I just went into working full time. And after a few years of doing that, I was like, I really don't enjoy this. This is I'm very unfulfilling. And so I was like, I've got to do something to change my circumstances. And I hadn't studied art professionally or anything. But I was getting really into drawing in my spare time because I love doing it. And I figured, why not give this a shot? It might, you know, just give it give it a go. And I produced a few issues of Humanity Lost that I didn't actually like very much. The, the quality wasn't there. And so I kind of restarted it multiple times, went through multiple reboots of the, uh, the story. And I got to one point where I produced an entire colour issue uh, before this current run of Humanity Lost, which was like almost there. You know, it was very close to being there. But I got to the end of it and I was like, I can do better than this. So <laughs> I just kind of scrapped it and restarted. Maybe one day I'll publish some of those pages in like a deluxe edition or something. I don't know. Maybe that'd be, maybe that'd be coming on the anniversary of volume one. Who knows? Who knows? It's dropping here, people. What was I saying? I was thinking about, oh, yeah, reboots and stuff. So, yeah, I finally started the current one. And uh, voila, it all, all kicked off. And now I'm making it professionally, which is amazing. I never thought I'd be able to do this, but here I am. It's great. Congrats, man. It's, it's yeah. really, <laughs> it is a quality book. It was a quality oh, book. Thank you. Thank you. Glad uh, you enjoy it. Yeah. So, is, uh, is Procreate <laughs> the only. Uh, the only uh, art tool you use, or what other software do you use? Yeah, it's just Procreate. That's all I use now. For the first volume, it was all traditionally done. And then I'd just scan it in, and I'd color it on Procreate. But once that Curious Archive video dropped, and my Patreon numbers increased, and I actually had a fair following on there, I needed to keep up my work rates and actually keep new pages coming out regularly. So the method that I did the first volume in was kind of like a conveyor belt. Like I do all of the writing and the penciling and the thumbnails and all the planning in one go. So I did the whole of the volume, the whole five issues in one, in one, one, one fell swoop. And then I went all the way back to the beginning and then I inked it. Mm. And then I went, after I finished all of it, I went all the way back to the beginning again and I colored it. So 
it was a very lengthy process before I actually had a single finished page. You know, it was probably not the best way to do it. It, it got very efficient though, because you know, when you're, um, you're doing it where you don't, you don't color your pages, do you? On, uh, I don't, I shade them. Thing, it? yeah, it's, kind, it's kind of like coloring, you know, you're adding layers on top and you know, yeah. Sorry, I'm a bit tired. What was I saying? Coloring. Yeah. So yeah, when you're, when you're changing modes, you know, when you're changing modes between inking and coloring, it's kind of a bit of a uh, janky movement, you know, it's kind of, kind of hard to like switch roles from inker to colorer. And when I was getting towards the end of each of these processes of coloring issue after issue after issue, I got really like shit hot at coloring, like really, really fast. I was getting the pages, I was just churning them out really quickly. And when it came to going back to doing a different, you know, a different role in producing the comic book, like inking, it was quite hard to process into, to transition into that. But by the end of the process, it was really, really quick. So I kind of had to find a way to keep getting pages out because I'd accrued a Patreon following and I wanted to retain them. So that's when I transitioned entirely to doing the book on Procreate because I figured I need to give this a go to see if I can produce stuff like wholly digitally and for it to be on par with the tr traditional work. And... I think I think it looks as good, if not better. And maybe that's down to my technique improving as an artist and my understanding of anatomy and composition and all that kind of stuff uh, improving. But yeah, I'm really happy with my current process. It's so much quicker than doing things traditionally. And when you're inking pages, you're really scared that you're gonna like drop a bit of ink in the wrong place and as you approach the end of the page, it gets really scary because you're like, if I mess it up now, then you know, there's nothing I can do about it. But with the digital, you can just backspace or you can erase and you can do all this stuff and it's great. You know, I, I really like it. And Procreate's fantastic. Not sponsored or anything, but a fantastic <laughs> piece of stuff. I wish they would sponsor me, that'd be great. Yeah, sponsorship. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say no. Uh, yeah, you get pages out. You get pages out at a right good clip. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's like three days for a single page. So I consider that a good good page, maybe two if it's like a really basic page, but yeah. and then four or five if it's like if like page. you're like, well, this issue takes place in a pocket dimension, it's a blank void, no backgrounds. Yes. No, that doesn't happen, but <laughs> I'd be guilty if I was doing that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Slave driver. We're moving in a new direction. They're all designed like adventure time characters. Just interesting. It just changes mid-issue. Okay. So what are some tips you have for developing unique aliens and planets? How do you go about doing that? Um, well, I haven't done for a while because I've kind of established all of the main races that are in the book. But how I used to go about it is I would think about the environment first. Like I decide how high or low the gravity is relative to Earth, uh, what the atmospheric composition is, composition is how far or close it is uh, from its host star or stars and then from there you can just kind of start brainstorming on what kind of features would arise to adapt to that environment you know and then think about what animal species exist on earth already because you know you can't beat nature nature has some of the craziest designs you could ever mm -hmm. think of so you can kind of start coming up with chimeric 
adaptations, chimeric um, creations, mixing multiple advantageous features from different species and create something new. Merge it all together with some new crazy ideas, maybe a unique feature, like with um, the gourd. They're kind of the craziest alien species I've come up with, where it's essentially a sentient beehive, where the eyes, the ears, and the hands of the gourd are a separate species, like an insect species of drones. And the core is a, it's like a plant-like plant -like race, which is the central structure. But the brain, there is no brain. The brain, like the, uh, the intelligence of the gourd, exists in the symbiosis between these two species, which is something incredibly alien to us, you know? And so I've taken pretty basic things from nature, like hive insects and plant life and, you know, uh, the way in which animals kind of symbiotically behave towards each other to benefit one another. And then I've thrown in some kind of other third rail and it's created a new alien. So that's kind of the process, you know, you kind of create these Frankenstein monsters of existing things and then mix it up with stuff that doesn't exist so yeah that's that's how you, that's how i create aliens you know that's, that's the process yeah. yeah looks like zoom is telling me we are we've got five minutes left before it just kills this meeting oh, so, okay well it's getting kind of late <laughs> so yeah maybe uh it's a good point to uh end it and say good night yeah i don't yeah. want to you know keep you on too long i'd love to have you back sometime because yeah I'll come anytime then yeah so that's been a Callum uh, Diggle, everyone. Creative awesome. Humanity Lost. You should totally check it out and support him on Patreon because he's got all the awesome pages all available in nice little PDFs and work in progress stuff and all kinds of coolness. So I'll link that in the description. Thank you for watching, everybody. I've been Callum Quinn, uh, your handsome podcast host. Thank you for watching, and I will see you all next time. Mm -hmm.